Influencers for Good is a new ethical news platform dedicated to featuring incredible people doing incredible things for the planet according to five thematic pillars. People, planet, products, purpose, ideas and solutions. It is time to bring followers to what matters most, our planet and the good people working hard to protect it. A lot of the people and ideas featured on our platform and podcast don't have millions of followers, but they should. The problem is that they're too busy working really hard and we are here to give them a lift up with your help. So don't forget to follow, subscribe and share when you like our work. Welcome back to Influencers for Good. Today I have uh, a new friend um, that I made um, like like the Gen Z over social media, which is very stockish of me. Um, but is um, it was a very fortunate connection through uh, mutual connections uh, over in Wakaka. In fact, uh, it was for connecting with German that I met Gallo Medina. Hi, Gallo. How are you? Hi, Nat. Thank you for inviting me. I'm good. I just arrived to Mexico City, so happy to be with you. So Gallo, um, as opposed to all the other people that we have had on the podcast so far, is actually a real influencer. So everybody else is influencers for good. They should be influencers, but they're not. And here we have a real influencer whose job is just to go around, tell stories and um, create followers and, uh, and be part of that world. But you are already, in my eyes, the influencers for good that I aspire everybody to be. That's why you're here today. So Gallo specifically uh, runs an account uh, from Fam Latina, and his stories are all focused on Latin America. Um, content is pretty much all in Spanish, I would say, or 90% of the content is in Spanish, because that's the followers that he's trying to kind of gather and, and, and influence and educate. And um, I want to hear from you, and I want everybody else to hear how this all started, because nobody's born influencer, is that right? <laughs> And, and you're from, where are you from in South America, first of all? Well, I am from a small town called Cochabamba in the heart of mm -hmm. Bolivia. Bolivia has nine states from the ones I live in the valley of Bolivia. So I was born and raised in a small town called Vinto. And yes, after I traveled for a summer camp, I opened my eyes and now I'm traveling full time making videos. Wow. And, and how did that start? You didn't study video making in school and university, right? So you accidentally bumped into that. And do you want to tell us a little for bit sure, of that for sure. story and how long, ago, how long ago it started and how? For sure. Uh, let's go back 10, 10 years ago. Uh, I was... Oh, wow. That, that long? Yeah, for sure. I thought it was a, a, a yeah, more recent. This, this journey started a long time ago. It's a pursuit of passion and everything I had in my mind at that moment that I wanted to come through. Well, everything started because my mother is from Peru and my mother wanted me to be someone important because, you know, mothers always try to push their children into the, in, into the discomfort, right? They see what you don't see because they have lived more, right? So my mother is a teacher. Uh, she invests a lot of money in an English private intensive course that I was taking in the most uh, popular uh, institute in Bolivia. So I was studying English for four years. And when I was uh, around the fifth year, uh, 
somebody came to the school of English and said, hey, guys, you can travel to the States for a summer camp. You can practice your English. It's not as expensive as it looks. And you're going to have an experience that's going to change your life. As a young Gallo, I said, of course, let's go to America. Let's go for a summer camp for sure. Why not? Uh, so I remember at that time I used to sell books to pay my my school and all the stuff. So I traveled to the States after some, uh, in the next year I traveled to the States. And I when I was in the United States, I remember that I was working as a camp counselor in Massachusetts in Camp Stonewall. I remember very well that I look a lot of Asian people, European people, but I didn't see many Latinos. And I asked myself, mm -hmm. what's going on? Why there is just five Latinos and there are 200 Asian, Asian people here? And I remember that I traveled to MIT, Harvard. And when I went there, I, I, I saw the same reality. So I asked myself, What's going on? Why there's no Bolivians in Harvard? Why there's no Bolivians in MIT? So uh, I came back to Bolivia after being in the States and I, I said to myself, okay, I have to make it to the States. So I study harder. I quit the university because I was studying university already. I was studying college. I was studying business. So I said, I'm going to apply and I'm going to make it to the States. I will play soccer and i will study in the united states i did everything i saved some money i work a lot but unfortunately my visa was denied when i was oh, no. when i was uh, almost there i had everything my tuition my bank statement my service all the paperwork i had i had 100 percent. but when i went to the embassy and to make the interview it was canceled so from that point I said to myself, okay, what am I going to do? I said, okay, I will try one more time. Let's go for another try. So, but this time I'm not going to do it alone. I'm going to do it with, a, a, with an institute. So I hired an institute and this institute was supposed to give you scholarships. So I traveled to Mexico, to Cancun, to play soccer because they were, they were, uh, with the capabilities to give you scholarships by playing soccer. Mm -hmm. So I traveled to Cancun for 10 years, for 10 days. And in those 10 days, uh, there were many coaches from the States, from different universities that were going, that were giving you uh, scholarships. So I received a lot of scholarships, but in that trip, I decided to visit my uncle in Monterey, in Nuevo Leon, uh, close to Texas in Mexico. So I visited that university where my uncle was teaching medicine. And I said, okay, maybe it's not the States, maybe it's Mexico. So I decided to study in Mexico. And from that journey, I took four years to study in Mexico. It was not easy because I come from a background where things are cheaper than Mexico, than the States. So, you, so I pay my my tuition, I pay my food, my housing. That is normal, right? It's normal to pay your, 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 your stuff. But from the background that I come, usually parents pay for their children's tuition. So, yeah, I finished that. But I, when I was in, in college, I always had the desire to travel 
and also to inspire. I wanted to communicate. I want. I have and I had an inner voice that was inside of me that wanted to share important factors, important messages, important data. And I remember that I was watching Nas Daily every single night, and I love that guy. Shout out to Nas Daily. Yeah, I I love Nas Daily. <laughs> Nas Daily was a big inspiration for me. And uh, when I was watching Nas Daily every single night, I met Franco, Franco Dubini from the internet, and he was traveling with Nas as well. So Franco was in Chile, then in Peru, and I text Franco. I remember very well. I text Franco. I sent him a mail, a proper mail. Hey, Franco Dubini, how are you? My name is Galo Medina. I am from Bolivia and I'm full time. Uh, I, I want to learn from you. This is my work. Like a marriage proposal. He was writing. go seek discomfort no matter what. A love letter. A love letter. Yeah, but uh, very professional. And I had, mm-hmm. in, and he replied, okay, this is my WhatsApp. Text me. I, I, I'll be in Mexico. Let's, let's see what we can do. And after we go back and forth, and to be honest, I was not the best at editing at that time because he told me, okay. So I'm going to minute, you, you, you start. So what is it that you studied then in Mexico? I studied you, you international went, business. business. International business. Why? Why? If you, if, if you were interested in communication because and all this other stuff, why did you study uh, business? Communication was like a, a priority, but over 10 was a lab, number seven, but business was like number nine. Because at that time, I was more interested in the startups, entrepreneurship, finance. and There was like the fallback plan. Like, so if anything goes bad, then you can always go back to business. It's kind of like that. I didn't look that way, but kind of. Because business is like, you can be the director, right? In business, you can be the, mm-hmm. the, the, the CEO, the guy who is with the big eyes. And you can hire a communicator, an accountant. You can... Uh, a project okay. manager, but you have the business-oriented mindset. So that was my mindset. Okay, right. if I am a communicator, mm-hmm. it's hard that I am gonna be the director. There's no many communicators who right. are the directors. Yeah. So. So you write to, to Franco Dubini. I wrote to Franco Dubini, and I. You were not good at many things. What, I was. I was bad, to be honest. I did my best, but I was like. What does it mean? I I was bad at editing because everything I learn i learn from the internet but you know you need a mentor uh, someone who guides you and my editing was basic you mean in the job of influencer so you didn't know to film i didn't know anything i know manage the workflow okay i knew the basics because i used to edit him on premiere i used to help in my college with the camera uh, organization like with the programs uh but was not the best that i can say so so what, what did Franco do when he uh, met you? What did he say? We went back and forth and he, he from Peru, he arrived to Merida. And this is very important to know. When I wrote Franco, I didn't ask for money. I didn't ask for like a proper job. I told Franco, hey, brother, can you help me increasing my abilities? Okay, I want to work for you. I love your work. I want to learn from you. Uh, could you teach me editing? I will be your right hand. I will do whatever you, you need to do. If you need to cook, I'll, I'll cook for you. <laughs> if you need to a cameraman, I'll be the cameraman. If you need someone who edits, oh, wow. I, I'll edit. So, yeah, it was a nice journey. That, that's very refreshing. That's very refreshing to start so humbly. Yeah. And, and, you know, 
able to willing to do anything. Hundred percent. And so he said yes. I guess he said yes, but I remember very well that he had a bad experience with uh, the last guy who, who was editing with him because at that time he was traveling with another dude from the states, and I remember Franco told me, "Dude, you are coming here to work. You are not coming here to sleep or to have free uh, hours." He, we are workaholic. Um, yes, I remember that mindset very well. And I remember that was COVID 2020. And I arrived to Merida where Franco was staying. And when I met Franco, uh, I said, Franco, hey, dude, we can make it happen. But it was, it was nice. You know why? Because since we talked like five minutes and he told me, okay, let's go editing. And he told me everything about editing. He told me about the commands. He told me about his creative process, the vision that he has. He embraced everything he had on me. So he's a good teacher. Wow. He's my mentor. He's the guide who inspired me, who I am really grateful for all the experience he has given me. And then you started growing your own wings. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Franco unfortunately had to travel back to Italy. I wanted to go with him, but uh, we he went by his side and I came by my side. And after he left, I said, okay, what am I going to do? Because, okay, this was beautiful. We're six months of full editing, full traveling around Mexico. But after those months, I decided, okay, all the money that I had saved, I am going to invest in my gear and I'm going to bring, mm-hmm. bring it from the States and I'm going to start my YouTube career, my, my content creator career. So that's how it, I started to all. Did you have a clear vision when you made that decision? And it was just like, I'm just going to jump into this, but this is scary and I don't know. Or you were like, I can do it. I know where I want to go. And I ha- did you have already like the vision for Fam Latina? At that, at that point, uh, not too much. I, at that point, I wanted to be like Nas Daily, but for Spanish. But my my vision always has been like, I had three favorite YouTubers. I love Yes Theory. I love the concept of mm-hmm. living my comfort zone. I love Nas Daily, the informative value content. And I love also... David Dobrik, like the humor, like the clickbaits. So I love a lot of content, but I knew that if I wanted to jump into social media, I had to focus on just one one piece of content. I cannot do entertainment at the same time, storytelling in some way, right? So mm-hmm. I started trying. My first videos, my first 30 videos are on English because I had that mindset that I want to be international. I want to create content that, everyone can can watch and at the time English was not the best but I I started I started and I started to work with companies I came back to Bolivia from Mexico because I had already finished my my bachelor's so I was in Bolivia traveling 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 and then I came back to Mexico and yes that's how I started and that's how uh, I started and now I continue uh, so now you've been pretty much everywhere in South America because yes. you keep hopping around from one side to the other side. And one thing that I like about, so I speak um, Spanish, so that's why for the people listening, that's why I, I stumbled on your content and I kind of started chewing your content because I love those stories. There's small stories of people that are doing 
some of the a lot of them everyday stuff everyday businesses every day of places that I haven't been to I haven't heard of um, giving me a lot of insights in, in very humbling setups of these families that run small businesses that live in beautiful little cities with beautiful traditions and uh, you've kind of become the Google discovery for them yeah for sure because you go to Palm Latina and you just become familiar with all these friendly faces and you help small businesses. So I guess some of this stuff, obviously, you need to get paid for because that's how you stay afloat with your business, not just the views, but also literally partnerships. But then there's the other stories that you cover that you don't get paid for. And so I want to talk about those stories that you pick and choose because they have a lot, a lot of heart, a lot of purpose, uh, something that really touches you profoundly. So my next question is, on all the trips that you've been um, in South America so far, um, what is the the biggest, the, the thing that has warmed your heart the most when you were filming a story? The story that you went, wow, if there was a reason why I was doing this, it's this. Yeah, I, I would say three, three stories. I, I will tell you three stories. The first one is my, my in my oh. hometown. I live in a small village mm-hmm. and in my village in Bolivia, Tourism is not as popular as in Cancun, Peru, Bali, France, because when you hear Bolivia, it's not like your first destination, right? So uh, one part of tur- of the tourism, when you come for a, with a, for a place, you look for artisans, you look for art, for artwork. So in my community, we have an artisan that is called Consuelo. Consuelo makes uh, handmade carrizos. I don't know how to say in in in, in English, but these carrizos like cañahueca are like bamboos, but a small, a small bamboos. Mm-hmm. So he makes art from bamboos from Bolivia. And these mm-hmm. bamboos mm-hmm. are not expensive. Usually one piece of art that she does is like $100. One, no, one, $1, $1, $5, mm-hmm. $10. So when I started making videos, I make a video about her. And I remember that video went viral and all Bolivia supported this artisan and he, she started to sell a lot and she sent me a, me- wow. she sent me a message and I remember that message very well because it, it said, it said, uh, thanks to the video you make, I have work. And when I watched that message, I, I saw that message, I came to my purpose of what I'm doing is not wasted it's not limitless yeah so yeah that was the first story second story in oaxaca in mexico a lot of people who follow me are from oaxaca from the oaxaca chiapas are not from the capitals are people who want who love to see the countryside so in oaxaca Mm -hmm. i came to tell a story of an artisan who makes tapetes it's like uh, alfombras i don't know how to say it but Mm -hmm. he makes handmade tapetes so carpets, 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 yeah, carpets with colors from the fruits, colors from the rocks, from different uh, articles from the nature. So this artisan, I tell that story. And in one day, <laughs> it was crazy because the carpets that we show in the video, a lady from the States bought all the, all the carpets the same day. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. So the artisan, <laughs> wow. and, the, and the artisan wrote me the next day, hey, bro, all the carpets from that video are sold. sold. 
and I was saying, <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So I watched the impact of the videos that I make. Like maybe you're making a video and you don't know the the impact, but when you see that an artisan is getting paid, it's not a hobby, it's a job. When you see that people relate yeah. to your content that makes sense for them. And yeah, and the third story is an interesting one because my goal this year is to create community. I jump in different parts of my content, but at this time, I want to create community because I don't think, I think the most powerful thing right now is create community, uh, connect with people, Absolutely. have deep connections with people. So I am creating retreats, content creator retreats. And thanks to those retreats, for example, in Bolivia, I remember very well that we host a content creator retreat, came like a hundred content creators, aspiring content creators. And the good thing is that one of these guys are getting hired by some companies that also came to the event. So makes that's makes sense. That's the re that's the ripple effect of doing good and being good. I actually, out of the videos that I watched that you've created, uh, there is one that has really hit home super powerfully for me. I have to say that I was pretty much in tears. And um, I was going to open with that, but for let's warm up the conversation. And that's the video that you made about being Bolivian and what does it mean? to be from Bolivia. Right. So powerful, so powerful. So for those who have not watched it, I will post it. I will put the link in the blog as well, um, although um, it's in Spanish. Um, but can you can you just give us a little bit of an insight into what, for me it was like, it was felt like it was a manifesto of rise to your potential that translated so much. In fact, I think that if you have to make you should make that video also in English. You should absolutely subtitle and make it in English, maybe even with an English, you know, um, voiceover because it's so powerful. Um, and I want to know what moved you to do that. Why was it so important to do it? Well, and I think it comes to a peak after so such a journey of what you've done. Right. You've represented it so well. So. Yeah, so we we talked with the director of marketing of Samsung. Um, Samsung has a logo who says, do what you can't over these years. So he challenged us to make a Bolivian video. Uh, so we started the pitch in May, May, uh, June, July, and the video was supposed to be up on August on our anniversary as Bolivians. So I copied that idea, not from Casey Neistat. Casey Neistat do a video mm -hmm. five or 10 years ago, who says, do what you can't. And he, with another words, because at the same of the, at the end of the day, it's the creative process is cycling, right? It's like a wheel. Right. So yeah, I copy something from, from Casey Neistat and I adopt it into the Bolivian market. And I had also, I, I, I wanted to share that message because nobody is gonna tell what you have in your mind. So you have to, what you have in your mind, in your imagination, in your deepest vision, and you want to put it out there to inspire people. I wanted to make a video where Bolivians are great because if you hear Latin America, the least, famous country is Bolivia. So 
if you see Venezuela, Colombia, they have a lot of actors, actresses, singers, stars. Uh, you see Peru, they have beautiful role models, inspiration for sure. people that they can look up to. Peru has beautiful food, has the Cusco and, and all the tourism and the food and the experience. Argentina has the soccer players, the theater, the actors, the actresses. Brazil has the, you know what I mean? But when you, when you hear Bolivia, you don't hear many things. So we, my idea was to empower Bolivia through video. My, my idea was to push Bolivians harder. They say, hey, dudes, these guys are making, are making a change and maybe are not a lot, but yes, for sure. So that was the, the idea. Be one of them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it's, it's... that was crazy, right? That video got many of attention. I, I got the attention of the CEO of, Marcelo Claure, who is the CEO of many companies like Shane uh, and and different different startups, like a billionaires, right? Also like entrepreneurs, artists, actresses. That video was huge success. I'm not gonna lie. The day we posted it was has like at least two hundred reshares, and the next day has like like 500 research so it was like a, a spinning ball amazing yes i loved it i loved it it was full of passion and uh and we talked about that and you know passion is what moves you to do great things things that are bigger than yourself so that you can create some sort of legacy inspiration for others and uh, so for those that will or will not see the video basically the video as uh, as Gado said is about not having inspirational models. And so he's shouting out to his fellow Bolivian and say, if you like me grew up not knowing what it's like to be, you know, the best or to achieve, uh, you know, think again, because you can do it. And then it just goes through, you know, a, a, an incredible storytelling of the many things that one can try to rise above. It's really beautiful. I think it's the kind of thing you want every kid to watch and go, I can do it. Yes, that's me. So, well, well done. I loved it. So now back to another question is that uh, you've traveled so much, then what is your favorite country now in Latin America? My favorite country is Mexico, I would say. Mexico has everything for me. It has amazing food, has beautiful people, has amazing landscapes, has, a, has given me the opportunity to work with different brands. And also it's a very competitive, uh, it's the correct place to be and I think it's uh, the lovely country I have been so far. I mm -hmm. want to travel more. Uh, next next month, we are going to Guatemala to host a content creator mm -hmm. retreat. But I think every country has its beauty, but Mexico has still my heart. That's so where far. you made it. That's, that's where you became the influencer. That's the country that made you, right? <laughs> so there's always, always a lot of heart for yeah. those first experiences. Um, what has been the biggest, uh, so we've got the three stories that really made you validate why it's important that you do what you do. Um, what has been your biggest learning? That, oof, there's a lot of learnings, but the things that... Pick one. The biggest. The biggest. The biggest. Oh. The one you're like, I didn't know, and this is like amazing. Mm. I think the most beautiful things happen when you leave your comfort zone. When you're out there on the unknown, uh, it's the most most valuable lesson that I learned. 
because I think trust in the unknown, trust in the unknown, and go to the unknown also because there's many people, many mm -hmm. things we cannot control. We have to be out there in the correct place with the correct timing, with the correct people. Yeah. But sometimes you just have to let it go. It doesn't matter if you don't have money. It doesn't matter if you don't, if you come from a background who is not the best. It doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if you if you are scared at the end of the day. If you live from your comfort zone, you are gonna be pushed by the universe, and the universe is gonna uh, have your back. Surprise you with with some things. Mm -hmm. And so, what was the hardest lesson that you've learned? Oh, that That's this one. this work is so emotional. Be emotionally strong. So, if you don't are not emotionally strong, oh man, this work is so difficult. Imagine not that. What's the most difficult part? Is it like the nose of the people say, or like dealing with the people? What? Because obviously, from the side of the video consumer. Everything is onky-dory, beautiful and perfect because that's how you make it in the video and the storytelling behind it is like, we're amazing, we're influencers, we're traveling, we're staying in the best places, we're meeting the most amazing people. And then the truth is the nope. non-sleeping, the 20 hours editing, the equipment that doesn't work, the client that is unhappy, and then you still need to finish the video and then you still need to eat, you still need to pay bills because at the end of the day, you're not, I guess, you're not in the, in, in that area where you are the comfortable influencers that can just kick it back and leave off you know credits right. i suppose right yes 100 and what else yeah that's right i i think the the most valuable lesson in the creative process is that you have to be emotionally strong with yourself because i am not afraid to talk to many brands i'm not afraid to buy new equipment but i know that if i am confident with myself that I have the capabilities, I can make it. But if I have like a weak mindset in all the way, you're going down because you, mm -hmm. the, the, I, there's a quote that says that the, the hardest fight is the fight with yourself. And I, I, talking, I agree yeah. with that quote 100% because uh, if you're good, it doesn't matter if it's going to take you 30 hours of editing. It doesn't matter if you don't have equipment. But if you are strongly oriented to your purpose and your mindset is all right, if you are emotionally stable, you are going for everything mm -hmm. you want. So how do you keep that emotionally stable state of mind? Because I guess between traveling is fun, but also traveling is hard when you need to carry equipment, when maybe the weather is not on your side, when climate change has been affecting everybody and you miss your bus, you miss your connection. Uh, th th there's a lot of, you know, things that go in the way of, of the lifestyle. They're not always happy mm -hmm. and you have to deal with them and maybe you're on your own. And how do you maintain that positive mindset? by yourself i try to be positive but i will tell you some some uh, gold digs i would say i read the bible so i i get some inspiration from the bible i read a lot of books of entrepreneurs also who inspire me to achieve more i watch youtubers who have accomplished their dreams so they are a role model for me i talk with my family uh, i think they are a good uh, 
point of inspiration. And I also take breaks. Uh, one year ago, right. I was not taking breaks. So I was pushing so hard, so hard with me that I had a lot of burnouts. I felt overwhelmed and I just couldn't give one step forward. So now when I feel anxious or I feel stressed or I feel weak emotionally, I try to calm down, slow down a little bit for one day and the next day I'm pushing harder. But the reality is that when you have a dream, you cannot stop. You you are just pushing, 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 pushing because nobody... The chase, the chase. Yeah, yeah. And I am like that. My character is like that. I, I, I feel comfortable mm -hmm. working. So is there anything that you don't like about what you do? That you're like, oh, this is the one thing that mm, I wish I could eliminate, but cannot have to deal with it. Yeah, I would say too. The camera is heavy. <laughs> the, cam <laughs> the camera, my camera, I have the Sony A7S III and I have a leak as, as, and my back is hurting me. So if I could just record with a phone, but have the same quality with my camera, it would be ideal. That would be the first thing I would like, I would love to eliminate, like not damage my body. And the second would be mm -hmm. editing. But is it the camera or is it the additional, the additional rigs that you put around uh, the camera? All, all the gear, right? Uh, the the, 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 the like back, the, 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 the tripod. The backpack and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's hard work. Filmmaking is hard work. I mean, it is. really, physically, it's a very demanding work and you're like an octopus, you know, <laughs> especially when you're, so when you're not a filmmaker, you're an influencer. So you actually do the work of five people in one. Right, and correct. And audio and recording and, and, try, and you have to set up sometimes two cameras and three and run and the drone. Right. <laughs> you're basically like managing a crew, but you're the crew. 100%. You have to do all the roles. So it is intense. It is. It is intense. It is a lot of so, intense. So you said two things. So one is the equipment, the equipment carrying the equipment and the camera. It's really the heavy. One. And the second would be like, I don't want to edit anymore. I love being outside. <laughs> I, I edit. You want to be in front of the camera. Yeah. I edit for four years in a row with no breaks. Um, yes. It, all the videos you watch on, on, on Family Latina, 90% have been edited by myself. Actually, after this call, I'm going to edit a video. But it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I love it. I enjoy it because at the end of the day, the satisfaction in a balance is more higher yeah. than the regret. So I am okay with that. Yeah. I am okay with... If it makes you feel better, I'm going to edit yeah, this for sure. podcast at the end myself. <laughs> for sure. I feel... I feel very blessed editing because at the end of the day, I edit my own videos, right? So it's good. But I don't want to, right. I want to eliminate the solopreneur. And I had some mm -hmm. editors, but the things that they come, they stay for a little bit and they don't resist yeah, the, the pressure, the time, the trench, the trench, everything, <laughs> right? Being in the trench. It's hard to be an, an, an editor full time and, write, and get good things. But I am on the way to look for a stronger team of people who want to edit, who want to be the project managers. The, because there are different job positions, right? That you want to build your company. Mm -hmm. So now everything that you've learned in business school is going to start becoming really useful. For sure. Because then you're going to sure. move away from being hands-on on everything and just build your team. For, That's amazing. For sure. We, Good luck with we that. We have a, a team already right now. We are three guys, my brother and my cousin. But the thing is that they are in the States. 
and I am in Mexico. And we want to make it this sustainable. So that's why we also want to create a community because we want to feel really connected in Latin America. Every mm-hmm. Everywhere we go, yeah. we want to find places. Uh, our goal is yeah. to have like Airbnbs uh, in some way where we could um, find like-minded people. Yeah. That's amazing. That's something actually we discussed a lot within the larger creative community, even the TEDx community. At one point, we had like um, um, sort of TEDx couches around the world. I could literally travel the world and just, and I've hosted so many people in my home passing through Dubai and just calling me. I don't know them, but they've organized some TEDx somewhere. And I'm like, okay, I'm sure you're not going to kill me in the sleep. There you go. Here's the guest room. So we, we actually built an interesting network like that. And I think those are essential to facilitate um you know this kind of community building especially in the early days right and it's also very nice because you know that you're staying with people that like share same ideas and values and uh, Mm -hmm. you know you can have good conversations so now um so what's next like we talked about you're going to do more training more retreats expanding the team but i'm really interested in the things that you want to do that are related to Going back to the core of how this storytelling started, it's not just about working with the brands, but it's doing that work for good, uh, telling the stories that are unknown. Is there any areas that you're like, want to focus or any project along the line of that? Yeah, we want to tell the best stories uh, in all Latin America. Eventually, those stories are going to be told, but nobody's going to tell those stories like you. So what we what I see for the next years, uh, we are going to grow our team and we want to have people in Colombia who use the platform of Fan Latina to showcase the stories in Colombia. We're going to have people in Argentina who are going to showcase stories there. But we also want to create a Fan Latina house. We want to do it in Mexico City and the beginning and also in Bolivia where we're going to have our house our team and we are jumping from short content to long format content we want to make documentals Mm -hmm. who are really deep 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 in the storytelling but also show how latinos and beautiful connections latinos can make so we want to our quote our our hardcore is like the best things happen when we are out of our comfort zone and also that uh Someone that you don't know, it's a friend that you didn't meet yet. Haven't made yet. Yeah. So we <laughs> I like that. We, I really like that. Yeah. So we want to increase our our community. We want to be in more countries in Latin America and also think in the world. Uh, meet everyone, be friends with everybody, right. and tell everybody's stories. Yeah. And also we want to work with bigger brands, right? Mm. So Going back to how you're working right now, um, you're going into communities where um, people have not really been filmed, um, their stories have not been told, they're not familiar with cameras in their faces or then overnight being famous on the internet and having people buying their products and all of that. Um, And we know that when we have influencers traveling to these places, there are certain things that should be taken into consideration so that you do what I call ethical filmmaking when you do not overstep your boundaries, where you do not take advantage of vulnerable situations, where you are mindful that if there are minors, 
you maybe have had the conversation with the parents where there are people that don't have the same knowledge and education that you have. You take the time to educate them, to explain to them what is it that you're doing, where is it that it's going to go, being completely honest and transparent. So I just want to understand from you, what are the steps that you take to ensure that the content that you put online is ethical in this sense and respects the community? And how can we work to make this the norm? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I will tell you my creative process step by step. So, for example, I said I want to go to Guatemala. Okay. So, first of all, I look on Instagram who are the biggest influencers, the small influencers, or somebody who wants to help. I see how is the market in Guatemala. So, I said, okay, I'm not going to be in Guatemala downtown city because for me that's okay, but I prefer to be in the countryside and tell the stories who are really gold i mean like informative value content but also stories that they haven't been told and i want to tell tell mm -hmm. those stories at my way so when i arrive to mm -hmm. the communities first uh, the first things I, I i i do is listen listen to the people there i don't record i don't do anything i just listen i have breakfast with them i talk with them i listen the perspective of they and after I listen to the perspective of them, I start to script my... Okay, so step one. Listen. Listen, listen. Build, build trust, build trust, build trust and break bread. Build report, but, but listen and observe what you want to tell. But the first thing, of course, mm -hmm. of course you have to ask for permission and, and ask, ask to the communities or ask the entrepreneurs or the artisans or the musicians, whatever is that you are telling the story is you listen what they want to to communicate because maybe you want to communicate you as a content creator i want to tell that this guy makes this art but this is your vision but the vision of the yeah. community okay no we don't want to say that we as community we don't want to be known both by by many people our vision is to uh, uh to to show this generation by generation. So there is mindset A, mindset B, and at the end of the day, what I try to do is combine those mindsets. Because depends, right? Maybe some communities uh, want support and they want to sell more their products, and it's okay. Maybe other communities yeah. don't want to sell. They just want to be recognized by the best in in these drinks or the best in their those fruits. They just want a recognition from from people so first first thing i do is listen i try to talk with them at least three hours four hours i i take my time wow. i i don't go in a rush and i say okay i have three hours to record no i almost almost every time i take like a day to make one minute video so i arrive nine o'clock i have breakfast with them until 12 we talk and after 12 to one, we do the script. And after then I start shooting with those, with that confidence that they have already given to me. And of course I ask them, Hey, do you want to be in the video? I can record you. To be honest, I don't sign anything like, like makes them sign, but I completely honest with them. Like, okay, we are making that video. I am not making this video to make money because Facebook and YouTube doesn't pay me to be honest. And this video is not going to be sponsored by a company as well. But if it, would, mm -hmm. if it would be, I would also tell them, right? 
but so far none of my videos have been sponsors on those communities so this is good mm -hmm. also because i can tell my deepest vision my deepest uh, vision for the story have you ever had anybody that after trying to connect listen break bread at breakfast and all of that um said no no to be honest no Franco, Franco thought That's Franco nice. thought me that uh, the way you ask the people is the way you're gonna receive. So if you ask with a good smile, yeah. you show them, "Hey, look, Mick, look, Mick, uh, look, watch those are the videos that I make. I want to make a good video about you because with this video you can sell more. With this video you can have a testimonial of your life. With this video you can be more impactful. Your story can inspire many people. And uh, yes, for sure." So I don't have, That's I nice. didn't have like... So nobody, nobody's, so that, that, that goes with your vision of uh, yes days, always yes. Yes, yes, always say yes. <laughs> nobody, nobody says no. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's a lot of uh, um, good advice from Franco. We're going to have to invite him here next. Uh, he is on my list. Yeah, for sure. I want to talk to him. With where you're going, um, with where, how Famalatina is growing, what is, if you had a wish right now to grow, to do things differently, what would that be? I would love to have like at least five people working with me along my side, like a proper project manager, 100% focus on just uh, making projects in advance, uh, proper uh, two, other, two good editors, highly performed editors who have the same vision, are trained to my to the message that I want to communicate and also like a uh, guy who is looking for PR sponsorships, a uh, guy who is just in charge of media communication uh, also. Okay. So this is, this is like a call to action uh, yeah. in, the, in the Latin American community for the Spanish speakers strictly, because most of editing is going to be done in Spanish. So you have to be fluent in Spanish, if not Spanish native, you could contact Gallo and Maybe you can do what he did with Franco, offer yourself to him in exchange of mentorship and he'll take you under his wing and let you grow as long as you provide all these amazing services for him. And, um, and, and hopefully a lot of people now will write to you. I, I hope you do grow the team very fast. I think you're, go you're doing some really good content. The market you're servicing really needs it. Your videos are inspiring. They're they're very you know I love you call it you call it exactly what it is. It's fam Latina. It's mm -hmm. totally familia Latina, and it's really the spirit of the story is exactly there. Um, I think this last the last uh, I, I want to hand with one of another one another video of yours that I watched just recently. Uh, I have a particular vested interest in the topic, and we're coming up to it again very soon. Dia de los Muertos, mm -hmm. and you're back in Mexico. You're going to be back there for Dia de los Muertos this yeah, year? Yeah, we are going to Dia de los Muertos to Oaxaca, uh, because last uh -huh. year I was in Michoacán. Uh, yes, I saw those videos. Amazing. Michoacán is amazing. Uh, There's many uh, countries, uh, like freelance. Really, really, you can see the culture in the first eye, so it's a nice experience to have this year we are going to oaxaca for like 10 days to make content about dia de los muertos every single day so it's going to be a rush a rush wow. a rush journey but hopefully we are gonna love it and you'd never been to a dia de los muertos before doing the video last year or i just last year was my first time in michoacan but this year i am going mm -hmm. to oaxaca because but before that you've no, never no, participated never 
Never. So that was the first time. Right. Was it a surprise to you? Yeah. It's, it's what, what was very surprising? How Mexicans and how the culture, uh, they are very respectful with their traditions, with their, with their way of doing the things. I think it's amazing how they respect their traditions step by step. They take into account everything they make. Cool. I'm looking forward to see the videos that you're going to post this year. I'm going to be following yeah, along. For sure. So for everyone, following is Fam Latina is the account. You, you know, if you're thinking of learning Spanish, this could be your fast track. <laughs> and uh, and, and sure. I mean, and, you know, and it's an easy Spanish and the videos are very well explained and uh, it's very good practice. I love it. So, well, I think we kind of got to the end of our lovely conversation. I... Um, I wish you really a nice, steady growth. I love what you're doing. We're going to stay in touch. Hopefully going to do some things together with Influences for Good soon that we'll be able to tell. Um, and in the meantime, just keep rocking. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Nat. Thank you for having me. I love your podcast. And you can come with me as well. And all the people who listen to this podcast, you can follow us our journey we have long format videos on youtube and facebook and short format videos on instagram and tiktok and uh, yes for sure if you come to bolivia or mexico say hi and we can connect and go for a coffee brilliant thank you thank you nat see you around thank you for listening to the influences for good podcast i hope you have enjoyed this episode if so don't forget to like and subscribe also check our news platform influencesforgood.blog for more content about our guests or to collaborate with us.